She knew this day would come. She'd been told, you shall bear a son, and yet no man would be the father. This child would be a miracle. She'd been told, he will be great. But how? She's just a poor, unknown girl from a small, unknown town. And what would he think, her betrothed? She'd made a promise and kept it. But he wouldn't see it that way. No sane person would. He doesn't understand. He's angry, hurt, confused. He thinks she's broken her promise. But she stands by her story. She's been chosen by God. He needs some time to think and pray. Eventually, somehow, he chooses faith. Nine months later, her body is changed. Sickness, stretch marks, varicose veins. Her body, full of aches, hunger, and fatigue, was now a shelter for the growing form of the one who has crafted the stars. They must leave on a trip, far away and at the worst possible time. The baby could come at any moment. Together, they embark on a dangerous journey. Long, winding roads. Difficulty upon difficulty. And all the while, she carries the fragile baby inside her. He wonders about the toll this trip is taking on her. He's exhausted, yet he knows her burden is even weightier. Will she be okay? Will he be strong enough to protect them? She prays about the greater journey ahead. The task of raising this tiny person who is supposed to somehow save the world. Will she know what to do? Or will she just get in the way? Against all odds, they survive. But now, another problem. There's no room for them. No room for him. He begs, she's about to have a baby. Isn't there something you can do? They're given some shelter. It's not much. Definitely not fit for a king. They try to rest. All alone, in the still dark night, suddenly, pain, fear, but soon, joy. never know the difficulty 
from looking at the, the perfect nativity sets that we have in our houses, the live nativity scenes that maybe we drive by or experience. And you see uh, these um, staged moments of joy and you would never know the journey behind it. It doesn't show what all led to that moment. And many of us have taken family pictures Christmas time, and we get together and, and, and we take pictures. And for some of us, it's uh, an enjoyable experience. And for others of us, it's not. And as we get together and we take these, these pictures of our family, and for some, we use them as Christmas cards and, and we're dressed, uh, whether it's in pajamas or, or just we're dressed up nicer than we normally are. And, and we get this picture and, 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 and there it is, and we're all happy and we're smiling, but the picture never really sums up the journey to the picture, does it? I was scrolling through my phone and, and, and looking at photos. And I came across a photo uh, the other day of a picture of uh, my wife and our middle child. And I looked at it and I went, man, that's, that's a great photo. I wanna, I wanna like frame that. That's a, it's a beautiful shot. And, and as I was thinking about it, I was like, when was that taken? And what year was that taken? And as I started to look and, and scroll through my phone to figure out when that picture uh, was taken, I was like, man, that was the hardest year we've ever had in our marriage. That was the hardest year we've ever had just uh, as a family in life. And I, and I was just nailed with the fact that that picture, that moment of joy, it doesn't really highlight or show the journey that was behind and going on during that time. And here we are thrust into this story, the story that we celebrate, the birth of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 1, 26 through 35, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the, and the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And so an angel visits uh, this, this teenaged girl named Mary and tells her the news. You uh, who are legally pledged to be married, you who don't come from much, who actually comes from the wrong town. If, if you wanted to find someone significant, they wouldn't have come from the town of Nazareth. And yet that's where Mary's from. And that's the young girl that has been chosen to have have the son of God. 
And, and, and it makes sense when we hear that as to why her response was the way it was because her response wasn't, well, of course it's me. No, her response was what? How can it be? How can it be? And so here we are thrust into the setting of this young girl who, who's told news that you and I can't even comprehend. She is the favored one. She is the one that's been chosen by God to birth the Messiah. And then we, we meet who she is engaged to in Matthew chapter one, verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so here we are introduced to Joseph, this young man, this young carpenter, and uh, he's from the same area. And, and so there's nothing impressive about him. And, and, and what does he find out? Well, he finds out the girl that he's legally engaged to is pregnant and he knows it's not his. And so that's the news he received. And so, and so he, he's decided in his heart that he's going to divorce her quietly. He, wants to, uh, he, he doesn't want to dishonor her, but, but, but this can't happen. This can't happen. And an angel meets him in that place and says, listen, I know you're not going to believe this, but that's of God. And, and, and as we take ourselves there, there's, there's what? There's, there's clear doubts, isn't there? There's doubts, there's, there, there's, there, there's challenges that Mary and Joseph are, are trying to process through as they think about the plan that God has for them that has just been laid out before them. A calling like no other to birth and to raise the savior of the world. Whew. And you guys, this is their first. It's not like they had a practice run. I remember my first child and I remember just thinking, God, just help us keep this child alive. That's it. Because as they hand you the child and then you get into the car to drive away, I know for us, I was thinking, should you be giving us this child? Because I don't think you should. And... And as we drove away, I remember just going, oh no, it's just us. But imagine them, this young couple processing through that. And, 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 and yeah, there was awe. There was, there was moments of joy, right? We even see in Luke chapter one, uh, the song that Mary sings. But, but how many times on this journey did they second guess everything? 
How many times as they endured, because you're not just told, hey, you're pregnant, and then you have the baby. No, there's what, a nine-month process. And how many times during that nine months did they feel judged by other people? As people gave them these looks, as, as, as the awkward explanations that they had to, to give to people when people asked what's going on. And then the rumors, the rumors that are going around. And then lastly, it's just the waiting. The waiting in and of itself is awful, isn't it? Don't we hate waiting? And then for Mary, this emotional weight, the physical toll of just carrying the Messiah. The struggle to trust God on a journey that they didn't choose for themselves. And then in Luke chapter two, verses one through seven, we read, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. See, it, what's tough here is it gets more difficult for them. They had to leave Nazareth and then travel to Bethlehem to register for a Roman census. Now, now keep in mind, once again, she's nine months pregnant. She's nine months pregnant, and this is almost a 90-mile uh, journey. And, 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 and listen, if you were flying, you could make maybe 20 miles a day. But given her late stage of pregnancy, she probably could do maybe 10 miles a day, which puts them at travel time over a week. Over a week. And, 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 and listen, this wasn't like, a, a, they weren't on a freeway here as they're traveling. I mean, this is unpaved. This is um, literally up and down trails. Uh, and, 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 and that wasn't the only hazard when they thought about the travel here because in ancient Palestine, uh, the heavily forested valley uh, of the Jordan River, which is the route they had to take, that had lions, it had, it had bears, it had these wild boars. Uh, and, and then there were thieves along the way as well. And there's literally, they've, they've dug up, archaeologists, Archaeologists have dug up signs warning people in that area of those things. And so that, that's, that's the journey. The, now, now, what strikes me with this is they're supposed to be at the finish line, right? We're at the finish line. God, we've done it. We've done it. We've, we've gone through this. We've walked through the struggle, the pain, the agony, the, the embarrassment, all these things that we've walked through. And, and now here we are, we're at the end. It's almost nine months. We're gonna have this child. So let's celebrate. Let's get ready. No, you're gonna go on a journey. And it's gonna be tough. And it's gonna make everything more difficult. Have you ever felt that way? Man, I thought we were there. I thought we were at the finish line, God. This is the point where things are now supposed to get better. We're supposed to get a release from this. 
If this happened, I, I, I thought that everything else then would work out here. And all of a sudden we think we're right there at the finish line and yet we're not. And we actually find out, oh, things are, they're gonna be more difficult even. And the difficulties don't end for Mary and Joseph as they get to Bethlehem, do they? See, normally they would have stayed in a spare bedroom of a relative or another Jewish family. But Bethlehem at this point is overcrowded with everybody going there uh, to register. And it forces them to have to find uh, lodging at an inn. And so they go to, to secure a room, to get a room, to rent out a room. And, uh, and, and, and some of you have experienced this where, where you're maybe driving somewhere and you're on a journey uh, and, and, and you're crossing multiple states and, and you're like, should we get a spot for the night? No, let's keep going. We can make it. We'll find a hotel in the next spot. And, and you did that. And then all of a sudden you get to the place and you go, oh, there's no rooms available. Oh, no. What are we going to do? And here they are. Uh, they're about to have the Messiah and they can't find a room. There's no rooms available. No rooms available for the Messiah to be born in. Now, if you're Mary and Joseph, how would you feel? How would you feel? Like, like one, I would feel like it's my fault. What did I do wrong? God, what, you led us here. God, we, we've been faithful. We've been obedient. And, and, and I know I would be questioning God. I would be questioning the journey um, because you know what? If God wanted to, he could have opened up a room, couldn't he have? I mean, he could have kicked some people out easily or just like, there's a room. And so that could have happened. He's all powerful, but here's the reality. That wasn't the route. That wasn't the journey that he chose for them. See, they had to get to the place where they surrendered the journey to his will. Why? Because this was the way God chose for Jesus to enter into the world. This was God's perfect plan. His perfect plan was to use imperfect people, imperfect circumstances, and the most unlikely journey to bring his son into the world to save humanity. And so they ended up tradition says, in a cave used for housing animals. And it's there that Mary goes into labor and gives birth to Jesus, placing the Savior in a feeding trough. And that's it. That's the Messiah being born into this world. And, and, and just as Mary and Joseph went through this journey, facing challenge after challenge while still trying to cling to the promises of God, I think for us, we find ourselves in this room and, and many of you come from totally different backgrounds and, and, and maybe different religions and you're here for different reasons, but we find ourselves all on different journeys and, 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 and we're, we're facing challenging circumstances. And for some of us right now, we're facing some of the most challenging circumstances we've ever faced in our life. And we're just trying, if we're a Jesus follower, we're trying to cling to the promises of God. We're just trying to hang on. And that's the tension that we have along the journey, isn't it? That's the tension. If we're trying to follow him, there's tension because man, we believe God, God, I believe in your plan, but God, why does the journey keep getting more difficult? 
I thought we agreed that this was the last thing. I thought we agreed this was the established finish line. God, I thought if I got that job, everything would change. God, if I thought these circumstances changed, I would be okay. And yet God, at that spot, at that place where I thought you would come through, you haven't, and it just seems to get more and more difficult. But if we can have faith, if we can be faithful, and if we can surrender our journey to him, his perfect plan will be accomplished. See, when Jesus arrived, nothing else mattered. You know, uh, from, from experiencing it and being in the room, um, regardless of how difficult the pregnancy was, if, if, if that baby comes out healthy, there is absolutely nothing else that matters in that moment. And for them, there, there's nothing else there that mattered. And, and here's the thing, the timing of this was absolutely perfect. In fact, Galatians chapter four, verses four and five, it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So, so listen, the timing was absolutely perfect because God chose the perfect time. God cannot do anything but perfection. And so he chose the time and, 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 and what was it the perfect time for? It was the perfect time we saw in verse five to bring redemption and adoption into the world. See, this is the significance. This is the meaning. This is the mission of Christmas. Luke 19, 10 says it so clearly for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. See, the perfect plan was for the son to come and to make a way for those of us, all of us who were lost, who needed to be redeemed, who needed to be adopted into the family of God. And that's why he came. You know, there's this, uh, as, as we're going through Advent season, uh, there's, there's this painting uh, that, um, that, that, that I saw, and, and I saw a more modern version of the painting and, and the painter acknowledged the person who painted it. And this painting has just wrecked me uh, during Advent season. I've been, I've been looking at it every day. I'm just gonna ask him to pull up the painting. And, 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 and this painting was done by her name, Sister Grace Remington. And, and in this painting, you have Eve and you have Mary. And, 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 and I've just been, I've been working through this painting. And it's been tough. I see Eve right here and you can just see in her eyes, she's just bearing this weight, right? Bearing this weight, this weight of sin. Maybe even still this feeling of just, of just failure. I see the pain in her eyes, just the sadness. You see the enemy still clinging to her feet. And you see what's in her hand. She's still can't let it go. She still has a hold of it. But then we see Mary there. And we see Mary literally take Eve's eyes and direct them to where the Savior's at inside of her. And you see what Mary's foot is doing? It's right on top of that snake's head. And it's in this moment you just see this change, this dramatic shift, 
this reality and, and, and you, start to, you start to imagine Eve and, the, and all of a sudden as she's focusing on the Savior, this, this, this hope, why? Because Eve is, is, is being reminded in this moment that the one who was coming was gonna bring redemption, was gonna bring hope, that, that he who would come would empty himself out so that we could be filled up, so that the poor could become spiritually rich. And, and so everything was gonna change. And I've been wrestling with this painting and, 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 and ultimately I came to the conclusion the other day, I know why I've been wrestling with this painting. I've been wrestling with this painting because when I look at Eve, I see myself. I see myself. I look at her eyes and I feel that in my own eyes, the weight of sin that I still fall into, the mistakes of my past that, that, that I wanna let go of, but, the, but it's still there. And the enemy tries to remind me of that. And, 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 and then I can just, man, I, I, I feel, you know, like the enemy's still trying to creep. He's still trying to get me back. He's still trying to deceive. He's still trying to manipulate. He's trying to get me to fail. He's trying to destroy me. And ultimately he's thinking he's won until what? Until I'm able to look to the Savior until I'm able to look at the Savior because the Savior changes everything. Everything. And maybe that's some of you. I don't know all your past. I don't know your stories. I don't even know what you were doing before you got here. But everything changes with the Savior. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, this is why Jesus came. This is the gospel that you and I were born into sin. And we would all agree with that unless we're at an age where we don't know what it is and our parents would just say, yeah, you do. But we all sin and we struggle with it and we fall back into it. And, and that sin that we all have, it separates us from a perfect and holy God. And, and, and the price tag, as we just read, for that sin was what? It was death. It was death. And so in order to, for that debt to be paid, there had to be a perfect sacrifice. And the problem with that is that I can't be perfect enough. You can't be perfect enough. There's no way we could be perfect enough to earn our way to God. And so we couldn't pay off that debt. So something had to happen. So God intervened out of his perfect love and he decides I'm gonna send Jesus into the world to live a perfect life on our behalf and then go to the cross on our behalf to pay the penalty of your and my sin. And then... Jesus rose from the dead, having victory and providing the opportunity for us to receive grace, forgiveness, salvation, and a relationship with God. And Jesus calls this being born again. That's the mission. That's the gospel. Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you guys, that's the celebration. That's the celebration of Christmas. That's the celebration that hope is here. 
That's, that's Emmanuel, God with us. That is why tonight uh, we can celebrate. That's, and that's why we can see when the angels appear to the shepherds out in the field and, and they tell them what? This isn't just good news for you. No, this is good news for all. So regardless of your past, of my past, God sent Jesus here for you. So if you don't have hope tonight because you haven't received the free gift of salvation and you believe in Jesus, I'm gonna invite you to do that tonight. Maybe you're here and you've made a decision to follow him a long time ago, but the challenges in life have distracted you from following him. And now you're on your own journey and it hasn't worked out. And and you know, man, I'm not right with him. I'm not letting him lead. I'm leading this. And you just need to surrender the journey back to him tonight. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's time to surrender the desired outcomes. You know, I came to the conclusion a while ago that God does not need my desired outcomes. He's fully capable. He can accomplish his perfect will through my life as I surrender the outcomes to him. And so will we turn our eyes just as Eve did? Will we turn our eyes back to Jesus? Because I'll tell you what, We do not celebrate a religion today. We don't celebrate just a a fantastic story. We celebrate a factual person who arrived at a factual place and redeemed us, brought redemption, brought grace so that we in a moment can come up here and just sing and declare the goodness of God, that he would choose to bring his one and only son to earth and allow him to go to a cross for you and for me. He's amazing. And so we're gonna celebrate the Savior. But let me pray for us. And if you need to make a decision tonight, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. 